All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is the Thursday, July 22nd edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'm going solo today. Uh, it's not going to be a full show today, guys. There's there's no event this weekend to cover, uh, besides obviously UFC, but Marcel and myself, we already broke down that whole card. So if you go back to Tuesday's podcast, you can hear the whole breakdown for UFC Vegas 32, Sanhagen, Dillashaw. Should be a great card. I'm looking forward to it, but definitely go back and check out the, the breakdown if you missed it on Tuesday. The recap show from last week's card was on Monday. Um, AJ gave him the day off today because, uh, again, there's no PFL or Bellator to break down. So I'll do some news and fight announcements, talk a little bit about some odds and stuff. But it's it's going to be a shorter show today because, again, there's, there's not a lot going on right now. All right, so let's do some news first, then I'll talk about some fight announcements. I'll go to Marcel's page after. But let's start with some news, and let me just pull up BJ Penn because there's some uh, – this is kind of funny. Some odds came out for this fight, and i got to be honest, guys. I don't agree with these odds. This this is really, really bizarre to me. i got to be honest. I I understand the sports books have a lot better knowledge about who people are betting on than the rest of us, but I mean, just on the surface, this seems really weird that Logan Paul's opening as a betting favor over Anderson Silva. Now, this fight's not official by any means, but it's been rumored, and it seems like it probably is going to happen. Anderson's coming off a nice win over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., and of course, Paul's coming off a loss to uh, Flay Mayweather, where he, he didn't make it the distance, but he lost. He would have lost, I should say, if it was a real fight. Um, Minus 200 for Logan Paul. I don't get it. I really don't get it, guys. Like, I understand maybe, again, there's going to be some, some money coming in on him because, you know, just like the Floyd fight, some money came in on Logan, people thinking anything can happen. He's the bigger guy. Maybe something's funny going on here. But this is just bizarre, especially after seeing Anderson. I thought he looked good against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., right? Like, if he had lost that fight, these odds would make sense, I would say, just because Anderson's old. He's 46. Get up there in age. But... With Anderson coming off of a win over a guy who actually has experience, um, not like he's a complete scrub in Julio Cesar Savage Jr., I think these odds should be flipped. I'm just scratching my head about them. Again, you know, the, the sports books, they know what they're doing, guys. Like, they're definitely good at their job, but they do blow openers once in a while. And this one looks like a blown opener to me. Um, again, not trying to criticize the odds makers too much. They're quite good at what they do. But everyone I've seen on Twitter today said they're putting money on Anderson to plus money. So, I like again when you're making these when these guys are making the lines they're trying to generate two way action. I'm just not really sure how they thought they were going to generate two way action by putting Logan Paul's two to one. If the odds were flipping, Logan was plus one sixty. I could see it. Maybe some people taking a shot on the dog, but I don't see anyone really laying two to one on Logan Paul. You'd have to be a madman to do that, and uh, that seems a little crazy to me. So yeah, I mean this fight's not official yet, but it sure seems like it's going to happen, guys. And I mean, listen, like, I, I get Logan Paul and Jake Paul's not everyone's cup of tea, but the guys do have a big name. Anderson Silva has a big name. This would be a big fight for both these guys. So it'll be interesting to see if it happens, but my initial lean is Anderson Silva. I mean, the guy is an amazing striker, and he still showed it in his last fight against Chavez Jr. He showed the speed and the head movement still. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't get it. Um, let's do some other news here. Dustin Poirier, he came out today and he was pretty critical, I would say, of uh, of Conor McGregor. And I don't blame him, really. I mean, Conor, ever since the fight, and I get that they don't like each other and stuff, but he's just been, like, nothing but making excuses. And it'd be nice to see the guy take a little bit of accountability for himself, you know? So uh, Dustin Poirier came out and he spoke to uh, Teddy Alice on the fight and he talked about how he, he believes that Conor's mentally weak and he believes that uh, you know, it's just all excuses from this guy. And he just thinks that basically he's, he's beating him mentally in addition to beating him inside the octagon. So, yeah, I mean, listen, Dustin is, is a great fighter, man. Connor was a great fighter at one point too, but I, like I said, guys, after last week's card, 
I just don't want to see these guys fight again. I'm tired of it. I think we got to move on. How many times do we have to see these guys fight? 20 times before we before we figure out the better man is? I think we know now it's it's Dustin. This was kind of interesting too. Speaking of Anderson Silva, he named his like top four fighters of all time. And man, he named some pretty good guys, including our own BJ Penn here. Um, as long along with Khabib Nurmagomedov, Hoist Gracie, Antonio Rodrigo, Minotaur, Nogueira, who he admits he's a little biased towards because he gave him his black belt and he's a good longtime friend. Same with Gracie, I'm sure. But I mean, listen, like you gotta respect Anderson's op- opinion. I'm not saying I agree with the list either, by the way. I don't know if I agree with this, the top four. I, I do think it's cool BJ's on the list. I mean, BJ was one of those guys that was beating bigger guys like earlier in the sports history, which is cool. And it's something that guys even struggle with today, beating guys bigger than them, right? So what he did winning two belts was pretty incredible. I mean, he's one of the best ever. But, you know, and I love BJ, but I mean, he did have a lot of losses to end his career. And then you look at a guy like like GSP, who wasn't on Anderson's list, or John Jones didn't list him either. They don't have many losses. Of course, John Jones does have the PED thing. Anderson does too. Um, the other guys don't really have connections. I guess Foyce does. Uh, I think he did test positive or something years ago. I want to say that the Matt Hughes fight or something, or maybe he was in Japan. I can't remember. But anyways, I mean, listen, these guys are, they're all legends, but it's just, it's a little, to me, it's a little weird to see a, a, a goat list without like GSP or John Jones. But again, Anderson Silva is his own man. He's allowed to have his own opinion and you got to respect the opinion. All right. Let's, Look at some other stuff here. Rafael Dos Anjos, he, he definitely wants this fight with, with uh, Islam Makashev. So I don't know if it's going to happen because the thing is, RDA wants to fight in October. Remember, he has not fought, I don't believe, since last November when he beat Paul Felder. I still don't really understand why he didn't fight at 264. Like, he already weighed in, he worked out, he trained, he was in shape, he was on weight, but he didn't fight. I, I don't mind having backups on cards, but I feel like they should book them for fights too, you know? Like, this guy could have fought in that card. He could have he could have fought Islam, quite frankly, if he wanted to. They could have booked that fight. Islam fought a week later against Tiago Moises. So now if the new if the new uh, rankings are out, it, Islam's ranked way above RDA. So Islam is number four now. RDA is number, I think, seven or eight now. And he has lost a little bit of the appeal, I guess, if you're Islam Makachev. Because if you're Islam and, and you're Ali Abdulaziz, you were looking for a guy who was going to get you up the rankings somehow. By beating the number 14 guy, he's bumped up past RDA, which I don't agree with, guys. I don't agree with it at all. Don't get me wrong. I think Islam probably beats RDA. I think all of us do. But it, until he does it, it's just kind of weird seeing a guy like RDA, who's a former champ who is coming off a win, get bumped down these spots when a guy that beats the, one of the lowest ranked guys in the top 15 moves up to the top five. It's I don't agree with the, with the latest rankings. I'm just it, it, that's my opinion. I don't want to get too much in the rankings because again, you know, it's just it's not worth arguing over, but. It does matter because now Islam might not fight RDA because he's going to say, oh, I'm ranked higher than you. I don't need to fight you anymore. I'm going to fight Benil Darius now or someone like that, like someone who can get me a, a title shot maybe. So I, I don't know. I still want to see this fight. Now, this thing with Khabib Nurmagomedov, that's not happening. That's just that's just him. I'm going to get your comments. Jose. Hey, Jose. And you know what? They changed the, the uh, font here, which is kind of cool, actually. It's nice. They changed the font on StreamYard. It's just me today, Jose. I'm, I'm, I'm solo, so I'll talk to you for a bit, man. Marcel and AJ are not here today. He's asking if uh, Shamil and Dawkins are prelims again. So, and I saw that. And Tan Alvey was supposed to be co-main against Roman Kopilov. I don't know if that's accurate. I think it's been changed. I talked to Marcel yesterday. I think he said that Dawkins and Shamil is the co-main. I think that's what Marcel told me. So, I'm not 100% sure who he's in, but I believe that is that is a mistake. I, I do think that was a mistake, the TV listing, because why would Sam Alvey be a co-main event? It makes no sense. Like, the guy's lucky he's still on the roster. So, if that's really a co-main event next week, that's really bad. But I do think that was a mistake. I would hope anyways. And they do occasionally make mistakes. Also, 
they announced today that Randy Costa and Adrian Yanez, uh, and I want to give a shout out to my boy Cole because he he uh, interviewed both guys. Their fight's been elevated to the main card this weekend, and uh, Mickey Gall and Jordan Williams' fight was bumped down. Also, I forgot to mention during the podcast with Marcel the other day that Jordan Williams is moving to 170. I should have mentioned that in the fight, so probably like him a, a little more, if, if anything, there in that fight with Gall. Um, a few other things here. Sean Strickland, he's fighting next week, um, but he, he believes that title, uh, title shot going to be soon for him. He eats Uriah Hall, gets one more fight. And, you know, when I, I'm reading these comments and I'm like, this guy's crazy. Like, there's so many guys at middleweight. And I love Sean Strickland. I'm a huge fan of the guy. Don't get me wrong. I think he's great. But I'm looking at the rankings. There's so many guys that are, are waiting for that shot at Israel Asana. But the thing is, Israel's beaten a lot of those guys in the top 10, right? So Sean is like a brand new challenge for him in a way. If Strickland goes out there and beats Uriah Hall, and then he goes and beats a guy like, I don't know, like Derek Brunson or something, definitely I think a title shot could be in play. So I, I did think it was a little nuts at first. But then I'm looking at the division and, like, he – you know, Izzy's cleaned it up, like for the most part, guys, which I'm sure you guys would agree with. I mean, he's he's been incredible. So um, I, I'm a huge Strickland fan. He needs to win this fight next week. No doubt about it. If he beats Uriah Hall, though, I think he definitely gets one of those elite guys, like like a Brunson, like a Vittori, like a Costa, someone like that, that's just below Izzy. He beats those guys. He's right there. So even though I thought it was a little crazy when I first read the comment, after looking through the division, after seeing what Izzy's done, it's possible. Jose says, unpopular opinion. Dusty be dominated even worse by the same grapplers, uh, grapplers that RDA's faced. It's very possible, man. That's the thing. Like, RDA is very good, right? So you look at RDA's record. Um, and I'm not going to talk about the early fights. Like, when he lost, like, for instance, Tabal and stuff. Like, that was a long time ago, you know? But, you know, basically, if you look at the last few fights, he lost to Kiesa, who's a grappler, an elite grappler. who's a big dude. Ed and that was that was at, like, at welterweight. Leon Edwards, who is a welterweight. Usman, who's an amazing welterweight. Covington's an amazing welterweight. And then even at lightweight, like Ferguson, he lost to a prime Tony Ferguson, lost to a prime Eddie Alvarez, and he lost to a prime Nurmaga Madoff, too. So you're right, man. I mean, RDA is really good, and he's very underrated, Jose. And I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. Like, it's, I'm not saying, you know, he's got the best record in sports, 30 and 13, or, or in the UFC in general. But at a lightweight, in the lightweight division, he does have a lot of good wins, a lot of, lot of good wins. Um, this is a guy who's really turned his career around. So I have a lot of respect for RDA. Um, you know, Islam will be favored in that fight if they do fight. No doubt about it. I mean, Islam's going to be favored over pretty much anyone at this point. But I don't think it's as big of a blow. I remember when the odds came out last year, it was like minus 800, I think, for Islam. That was a little high, in my opinion. Like, that was higher than what he was against Tiago Moises. I would say that Rafael Lozano is a little bit more dangerous than uh, Tiago Moises. But, you know, there's a lot more that goes into the odds than that, obviously. This was kind of interesting. I want to talk about this. Chael Sonny made some comments about EPO. So, Chael obviously is... Um, a guy who's been tested who's tested positive for performance enhancing drugs multiple times in his career. I believe it was three times. Um, basically lost his UFC career because of his inability to pass drug tests. Now, in his uh, retirement, I guess, he's been very open about the about his drug use. And he's been like, you know, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've used this, this is what it feels like, this is what it makes you feel like. So he's talking about EPO, because obviously EPO is a, a big uh, word right now because TJ Dillashaw is coming back on the weekend. EPO is the same substance Lance Armstrong, the cyclist tested positive for. It really does help your cardiovascular system and your ability to train harder, longer, and better and perform better in a fight, especially over the course of a five-round fight. Now, here's the comments from Chael. And I think they're really good comments because he's being honest with them. And again, you know, this is there's not too many guys who are coming out there and saying, hey, I cheated. I used steroids. And I understand that TJ obviously he did. And a lot of people are praising TJ right now. And I don't agree with it because he didn't say anything until he got caught, guys. It's not like he came out and said, okay, I cheated. They're going to come out with the test. He only said something when he got caught. So it's like, whatever. And, and Chael too. But I hear, I want to read Chael's comment. He said, 
EPL Volder Performance Enhancers, I'll tell you, personal experience here, I'm an expert in PEDs for all the wrong reasons, but an expert nonetheless in EPO without question is my favorite one. I feel I've taken everything, I've gone to GNC health stores and tried everything on the shelf, the off chance not and something would work and it doesn't, they're all junk. None of the stuff anywhere on the store shelves, it's the same with PEDs, you're not gonna get a bump on all of them. EPO directly affects your cardiovascular output, it's not gonna make you bigger, not gonna make you leaner, it's not gonna make you stronger, but it's gonna give you more endurance. A guy that takes EPO, particularly in training, can now just train longer. He can hit the bag many more times. He can jump that rope many more times. And I think that's such a good point that Chill's making because I gotta tell you guys, you know, the more I watch MMA, it's like, like these guys are so skilled. Almost all the fighters, especially in the UFC, are extremely skilled. And often it comes down to who's the better gas tank. That's really what it comes down to. Um, if you're able to perform and, and use your skills for a longer period of time in a fight, it definitely gives you a better chance to win. So, yeah, it's true. EPO wasn't isn't it's not necessarily like steroids. It's not necessarily like testosterone and stuff, but it is a performance enhancing drug. And TJ's coming out here this week saying like, um, you know, it didn't help me, and I, I think I'm going to perform even better without it. I'm not really buying that, guys. And I think he said, and I'm, I could be wrong. So I, I, I could be wrong. I apologize if, if I'm wrong, but I think he said he only really used it for the Henry Cejudo fight. I just find that hard to believe, guys. I really do. I feel like this, and you know, Cody Garbrandt did saying that before they fought that he'd been using for years. So, I, I again, you guys heard my pick on on uh, Tuesday with Marcel. I picked Sanhagen, and it's mostly a fade on TJ for being out so long for PDs. Hey, Andre, what's up, man? He says uh, it's kind of weird people having sympathy for TJ. I agree. It's very bizarre. Now, you know, people can have their own opinion, but I, I saw like a lot of people this week saying like. You know, all credit to TJ for coming out and being a man about this. Like, how is he being a man? Like, I don't get it. He got caught for steroids. He's been out for two and a half years. And now he's talking about it. And all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's a good guy again. No, guys, he cheated. He cheated. And a lot of guys cheat. I get it. MMA is a dirty sport. No doubt about it. And Chael's a cheater. Anderson Silva guy he talked about was a cheater. A lot of these guys are. No doubt about it. But, you know, I just think that you, I, don't, I wouldn't really give praise to someone because they got caught and they're explaining why they did it. Like, that's me. You know, like it's cool that he is giving the rationale behind it, but again, he's saying, "Oh, it didn't help me, anyways. I'm going to be just as good of a fighter." I just find it hard to believe. Um, and I think this this is actually really good too. So my boy James interviewed Colby, and he, you know, I know I, I know Colby, not everyone's cup of tea, guys, but I actually think his comment here is is it's spot on. I think, and I really feel like I agree with actually what Colby said here. Um, and I, again, I know people don't love Colby, some people, but. Read this. I'm going to read this comment. You guys tell me what you think. I think he's right. He says, usually the track record, when you come back from steroid suspension, you don't fare well. It doesn't matter who they put in there against him. I don't see him being the same guy he was in the past. Mentally, when you take steroids, you have the advantage or edge you get from the lab. And then when you don't have it, there's a mental thing that changes. He's probably done it himself. I mean, that's why he's already pushed the fight back. As it is, he probably has a lot of doubts. It doesn't matter who you put in front of him for the fight. I don't see him coming back successfully and winning after a long steroid suspension. I mean, I think it's definitely a good comment from Colby. And again, I know everyone's, you know, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I, I think he's right. I actually think he's right about this one. I think it's a fair analyst uh, analysis. Andre says, I like Corey's style. It's a nightmare for TJ stylistically. It could be. It could be. I mean, it's an interesting fight. Like, I'm not completely overlooking TJ, though, even despite, you know, the PE thing. I have to make a pick. My pick's going to be Sanhagen, obviously. But I, I'm not completely writing off TJ. I think, you know, stylistically, if he mixes up his wrestling in this fight, he could give Sagan trouble. Now, if it stays in the feet, I know TJ's amazing, but that length and reach of Sagan, again, you know, just the explosive knockout power with the flying knees and everything, he could be, uh, it could be a short night, actually, for TJ. So I can't wait for the fight, Andre. I'm leaning towards Corey Sagan. I like Colby's taker. So do I, man. I, I do, too. And again, you know, a lot, not everyone loves Colby, but he does have some good takes. He is a 
I mean, he's one of the best fighters in the sport, so he does know the sport inside and out. Talk about this one quickly, too. Charles Oliveira, he's, he's promising a sub, guys, over Dustin. Um, and the odds, by the way, are out for this fight. Uh, and uh, Dustin is favored, but, I mean, I feel like Charles is, like, always underrated, you know? And I don't know how you can, like, okay, I get it. I, I understand why people are picking Dustin. I, mean, I just don't understand you could overlook Charles Oliveira anymore. You know what I mean? Like, the guy is phenomenal. And he's coming off, what, nine straight wins, I want to say? Like, I think he's got more wins in a row than Islam, right? So he's amazing. He's amazing. And promising a war, guys, he's saying it's going to be December, Dustin Poirier and Oliveira. That's what he said. It's going to be December for the lightweight title. So seven, uh, six months from now, I guess it would be. Um, or five months, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of a long wait, but at the same time, all those cards are booked up till then for the most part. I think November's still open and, and December, but that's it. Everything else is booked. So, yeah, it looks like it's going to be probably the headliner, I guess, of the December card. Um, I mean, I gotta think about the fight more. I can't give you guys a pick right now. Not that you guys are asking, anyways. I'm gonna get these comments. Hey, fighting picks, what's going on, man? What a wild card! This week's or next week, man. Um, I think this week's is decent. You know, uh, next week's it's interesting. I still don't. I don't. If that Sam Alley thing is co-main event is true, bro. Uh, Craig, I think it's Craig there. I, I, Craig, I think you're gonna agree with me on that one. That is a terrible co-main event, <laughs> but the card looks decent. Let me get these comments. Andre says that TJ has to make has to make it make sense. If it didn't give an advantage, why would he specifically use it against Henry or Cardinal Machine? Absolutely. And also, I think he did say it did help him, or he wanted it to help him cut weight, but I mean, I don't even know if that helped at all. The guy got KO'd in 30 seconds. Obviously, the weight cut took a toll on him and his chin. Jose says, since Dawson Ferreira got booked, do you see Dawson matching? Uh, how do you see Dawson matching with top 10 to 15 lightweight guys? I think Grant Dawson's great, man. I really do. I mean, his teammate Derek Minner's fighting, a guy who he beat. Derek Minner's very good too, but Dawson's just, I think, really well rounded. And what I like about Grant, is that last fight getting the knockout over uh, Leo Santos because that fight was super close. We all watched that fight, guys. Like literally, I'm watching it. And I'm like, man, who who the judges have up right now? Like, I think I could have. I think they would have scored for for Dawson. I believe that's that's what they did have, but no one really knew it could have easily been two nothing Santos on some judges' scorecard. So the fact that he went out there and knocked him out, I think with literally one second left in the third round. I mean, that that's a statement, and that's the kind of win you need to get a top fifteen guy. So I I, I can't wait to see this guy fight someone. Uh, in the top 10 and top 15, I think he's going to do, man, I think he's going to do really well. So I think, I think he's fighting Ferreira next, right? That's going to be a good fight. So I really like Dawson, man. I, I like him a lot. Um, Ferreira is an interesting matchup. I mean, Ferreira was doing pretty good at Gillespie before. Again, gassed out. I mean, that's pretty much what happened. Gillespie, endless gas tank. And again, guys, you know, Diego was doing good in that fight and he was competitive, but the, the, the cardio is a, such a huge issue in the sport. If you don't have a gas tank, you can't really win fights. You could win in the first round, that's it. Gotta be a knockout or so otherwise you're gonna lose. Um, let's go to Big Marcel's page for a sec. I'll just do some fine mountains and stuff. I just want to see if I forgot anything. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, Justin Gaethje and Chandler are, are really chirping each other. I'm sure you guys saw this on Twitter. They're going back and forth. It seems like they're they want to fight. Like, I think Chandler said he's interested in Islam too, but I, it sure seems like it's gonna be the fight. I can't got to get Justin Gaethje a fight. How does the most exciting guy in the sport not fight for a year? Guys, come on. This is terrible. He has not fought since last October. Ugh, it makes me so angry. Like, get him in, back in the cage. Do the Chandler fight. If not, do someone else. Thoughts on Chandler's comments? I mean, it sure seems like, you know, these guys are going to end up fighting. So as far as the comments go, I mean, there, there's a lot of smack talk, especially from Gaethje's side. But we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I, I think the UFC should make this fight, you know. And I feel like it, they got to make it soon. I mean, why wait until, like, the end of the year? Because they might want to do it on that. Oliver does support your card. That's in December. Get Justin Gaethje back in the cage. How, again, how does the most exciting guy in the sport arguably? I mean, actually, I don't really think it's, argue, it's arguable. 
he's kind of fighting in every fight he's had, right? In the UFC or a bonus, except for the last fight, if I'm not mistaken. The guy is amazing. Let me just check that's a duty director. I want to see exactly how many bonuses this guy has. But he's saying he's slandering his name and saying he's ducking the fight. I just don't see Justin ducking anyone. I'm looking at Justin's record. Since joining the UFC in 2017, it's Michael Johnson, 5-3, and three, which obviously is not a great record, but again, lost to elite guys, Poirier, Alvarez, Khabib. And overall, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. He has nine bonuses in eight fights. <laughs> he has nine bonuses in eight fights. He has more bonuses in fights in the UFC. That is crazy. So get this guy back in the cage. How does he not? How does he only fight once this year? Maybe he fought twice last year. He fought twice in 2019, twice in 2018, twice in 2017, twice in 2016, twice in 2015, three times in 2014, three times in 2013, four times in 2012, three times in 2011. So early in his career, fighting three or four times a year, starts fighting twice a year. He's been fighting twice a year for the last seven years. And all of a sudden he's not going to fight twice a year this year. He's probably going to fight once if anything. So that's an issue to me. And he, I don't think he took damage against Khabib, right guys? Like I don't remember taking damage. He got, he got submitted, but he didn't take any damage in that fight. There's no reason that Justin Gaethje should not be getting a fight booked right now. I mean, this is absolutely nuts to me. He's pissed too, man. Cause he thinks the Chandler didn't deserve that title shot. Now I'm not saying that Gaethje did either. Cause he lost his last fight, but again, he lost to Khabib and we saw what he did before that. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Chandler Benio would be fired. That'd be a good fight. I would watch that one. Gaethje, uh, yeah, Jay Check made money. He wants to tell shot or nothing. Yeah, that's. That, I mean, he's a super exciting guy too. Good for him. It's prerogative. Such an exciting guy, man. He's so exciting. Uh, Andre says Dustin on the feet. I think he'll hurt Charles. It's very possible, man. I mean, Dustin. That's the funny thing about this. What I find interesting about the fight is when obviously Oliver and he's still known for his submissions, but he's improved his striking now. With with Dustin, I feel like when he first came to UFC, you saw the submissions, like when he submitted Max Holloway. But through the years, he's more mostly turned into a striker now, right? So it's like it's like both guys, you know, they both have great ground games, but the striking's really like where they're making their big bucks are, especially Dustin, obviously. But man, I mean, Dustin's favored, and he should be, obviously, what he's done in the last two fights against Connor. But I mean, Dan Hooker gave Dustin Poirier a lot of problems in that fight, guys, last year. You know, people forgetting about that one. So it's an interesting fight. I mean, I, like I said, I, I think the odds are probably right with, with Dustin being favored, but not too too much. Even with, you know, it's weird seeing the champ as the underdog sometimes, but in, in this case, I do think it's justified just because, let's be honest, it would have been Dustin and, and Charles at 262 had uh, Chandler not cut that shot instead or whatever. Um, let me get these comments. With Chandler, Justin, Dustin, Charles, Ari Islam will certainly book, but it's like for Darius Gillespie, no one else makes sense. Yeah, I think I think he screwed up, and I'll tell you why. I, I love I love Darius. I think he made a massive mistake because after that fight with Tony, he's like, I want to take some time off. I don't want to fight for a while. It's like, dude, he should have been begging the UFC, saying, I want to be the backup for that fight at 264, and he didn't, and they gave it to RD, his teammate, instead of Kings MMA. So I like Darius. He looked amazing against Ferguson, as we all know, but he didn't finish him, and I don't know what the UFC thought about the fight. I would imagine that you know he's going to get a top-five guy, but you're right, maybe he doesn't. Um, just because it wasn't the most exciting fight, and you don't know if the UFC matchmakers love it. It seems like the UFC matchmakers, if you don't have a great performance, they, sometimes they, they make you wait for your next fight. Who do you fear, Yanez or Costa? I picked Yanez, uh, um, Andre. Again, that fight's in the main card now. Great fight. Do you like Rob's chance in a rematch with Izzy? I, I think he's got a much better chance. I was all over Izzy in the first fight, but, you know, Rob, again, this is not – I keep telling everyone, it's like it's not kickboxing. Rob has improved his overall main game. I mean, so has Izzy. He looked pretty good in the ground against Marvin, but – I mean, what Rob did to Calvin Gaston was pretty phenomenal on the ground, dominating him for 15 minutes. Um, 
So yeah, I think Rob, uh, the odds again. I think Izzy's the favorite in the rematch, as as he should be. But I think Rob has a better chance to win the rematch than he did the first time. I mean, if he yeah, right now it's two minus two thirty and plus one ninety basically. So yeah, I mean it's the first time they fought. I want to say Adesanya was like a pick'em or something. Let's see here, Adesanya. Yeah, it was, he was basically a pick'em. Actually, he opened as the underdog the first fight. That's crazy. And since then, one one two three four. Four fights, so yeah, he, he deserves to be favored, no doubt about it. But I do think Rob's got a good chance. I'll take any other questions, guys. You want to throw them in here? Only prediction for Yair Blades. I gotta watch. I gotta watch Yair's takedown defense again. But I remember against Overeem, he struggled with it, right? So I mean, that's that's a that's a big problem against a guy like Curtis. So I mean, Curtis, it's not like he's the best chin. We saw him get destroyed in the last fight by, by Lewis. But I mean, he looked good in that first round, guys, with those kicks and stuff. I do think he can hang with Yair in the feed. I mean, if he gets caught in the chin, he's probably going to get KO'd again. But I, I, would, I would imagine Blades would be favored for that one, Jose. I guess if I had to make an early prediction, probably Blades, but I got to think about it more. How stacked do you see 266? Um, that's in September, if I'm not mistaken. I think the card's decent. Uh, it's Volkanovski or Ortega. So not everyone's favorite main event, obviously, but a still a, a, you know, a, a good fight. And it does have Shevchenko Murphy. Really, the main event of that card is Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. Let's be honest; like that's the people's main event. It's a five-round fight, so that card. I'm looking at the rest right now. You got Blades in Rosa Strike, Marais Devalshvili, Calvillo Andrade, Suarez Waterferry, Blanchfield Alper, and uh, Jalen Turner versus Euros Medic, who my boy um, uh, Al Zulino and BJ Penn broke. So yeah, I mean, there's, that's that looks good. A good card, man. I'm not gonna lie; it looks looks damn good. So it should be an exciting one. I'm looking forward to it. Should be a fun one. How would you like to see Moreno's? Who would you like to see Moreno's first title defense against? That's a great question, Andre. So he came out yesterday and said that he wants Cody Garbrandt. I, you know, from what I've heard, Cody's going to fight Kai Kara France in his flyweight debut, and I think that's a good fight. And I do think that Cody does need to win because I, what I need from Cody is for him to prove he can make one twenty five. Because the risk is if he if he doesn't, he could not make weight. He might come in at 120, 126 or one twenty seven or whatever. And, then you can't have, you don't have a title. Well, you have a title fight for one guy, not for the other guy. So I think there's a real risk with Cody not uh, having making that weight before. At the same time, they gave TJ Dillashaw the, the chance to do it without uh, having proven he could make the weight. So it's possible they could do Cody. The other option that he uh, he said Moreno was the winner of Royville and Pantoja. That's interesting. And then the other one would be, I guess, the winner of Perez and Shell, especially if it's Perez. I think Perez is uh, a little bit higher ranked. And of course, Askarov. So there's a few guys out there. I guess if, it, if I could pick anyone, it'd probably be Askarov because that first fight was so close. It was a draw, and you could have given it really – you could have made an argument for either guy. So I think that would be a good fight. I don't think Figueroa deserves it right now, guys. That's my opinion. Just because they just fought twice and just got dominated in the last fight. If it was a, if it was another competitive fight and he lost a split decision or something and lost his belt like that, yeah, I could see it. But split draw in the first – or majority draw, I should say, and then you saw what happened in the second fight with Moran just destroying him. So I, 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 think, I think Davidson needs to fight an Alex Perez – uh, someone like that, like a top guy. I, I, or he very be Perez, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, you know what I'm saying, guys. He needs to fight someone like a top guy. You know, they, maybe they can just do Cody Garbrandt and Figueredo, the winner gets title shot. That'd be good, too. Any of those guys, they'd be fun. Edward says, that, uh, Vittori couldn't successfully implant wrestling against Izzy. I'm confident Izzy gets it done. Yeah, yep, that's fair. And again, you know, Izzy not only thwarted the takedowns, but he looked good in the ground, reversing uh, Vittori a few times. Uh, you know, there's that one, uh, I think it was a takedown. And he swept him and got on top and said, like, he's like, now you're screwed or something to him. Like, it was crazy. So, yeah, Izzy's looked good on the ground in his last fight. Andre said, I thought Cody's original plan was flyweight before he fought Sunset. It was. Uh, or 
I think it was after he fought a Sun Cell, sorry. So he fought a Sun Cell, knocked him out, and then he was supposed to fight Figueroa last year. I think it was at 255 in November, and then Figueroa fought Alex Perez and finished him. So, yeah, I mean, Cody's already, you're right, he's already been promised a title shot. But again, he just lost his last fight against Rob Farn, right? It's not like he's coming off a win. If he had beaten Rob Farn, even though it's a different division, you could at least make that argument, like, hey, get this guy a title shot. But, you know, I get it from, from Moreno's perspective. He just kept saying, like, this guy's the biggest name. I want to fight the biggest name. I want to make the most money. If you're Brandon Moreno, I, I definitely get why you'd be calling out Cody Garbrandt and kind of saying, I don't want to fight Figgy. And I will, I will say this. People were saying he's ducking Figueroa. Come on, guys. He's not ducking. He's just fucking twice. He just wants to fight someone different. I don't think that's an unfair thing to say. It's not like these guys are never going to fight again. It's not like there's only one opportunity. I definitely think that they could do that Figueroa Moreno fight. Um, in the future. All right, let me do some fight announcements. I'll take some more questions if you guys have them. I'm going to do fight announcements. Two other things we'll get out of here a little bit earlier today. It's during until 2022. What I heard was um, he's supposed to fight, yeah, I think it was a 267 in October in Abu Dhabi. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's official yet, but I mean, there is odds out for it, though. I saw it minus 270 for, P for Peter Young, plus 230 for Sterling. So pretty crazy odds, especially considering that it was a pick em fight, I believe, the first time around. I understand that Jan was winning. You guys know I love Jan in that fight, but that seems a little that seems a little high. I've got to be honest, even though I do think again he's just going to lose that fight. Let's go to some fight announcements here. This was announced today: Joaquin Buckley, Antonio Royal. Arroyo had that guy uh, Tom Breeze pull out against him. Like I think it was last month or two months ago. Lost his fight literally 10, 10 minutes before he was supposed to walk to the cage. Tom Breeze said he didn't want to fight. Tom Breeze has been cut by the UFC since then. Buckley, obviously, he's been struggling a little bit. He lost against Chirigo, but we all remember the, the knock over uh, Impica Sangane last year. That was absolutely insane. So I would imagine walking Buckley will be favored in this fight. But Montero Road does match up decently well with him. I mean, it's not like it's a complete blow. But again, I'd, I'd imagine walking would be favored in this one. There's a lot of ton of fighting outs, guys. Let's go through these quickly. Gustavo Lopez and Ali Alatang Haley. Um, you know, Gustavo's probably a little bit lucky he's getting another fight in the UFC because he hasn't looked that good. But, you know, it, it's possible he could win, I guess, in this fight. It's highly kind of been inconsistent too. This one's pretty good fight. Michael Alexia versus Shamil Gamzatov. Gamzatov hasn't fought in a while. It's been a little while since I think it was Clinton DeBray. He fought, I want to say it was two years ago. It's been a while. I want to say it was on the the uh, Kader and Magomed Sharapov card. I got to check this now because my brain won't let me not check. I'm pretty sure that that's the last time he fought. I think he fought a Brady, right? Yeah. So he hasn't fought for two years. That's a long layoff. And Alexiak is coming off a win over uh, Modeskis Bukowskis in his last fight, which was a nice win for him. It was a pretty competitive fight. He did win, though. So, yeah, I mean, I think that Shindil's probably going to be favored in this fight just because, you know, he does have such a good record. But I think Alexiak definitely is game in this fight. Um, I'm surprised Randy got another fight, guys. She's lost four straight. But, you know, the last fight, I guess it was a DQ, right? It wasn't like it was a clean loss. There was some controversy. Uh, Lavinia Souza has struggled a little bit. I'll, I'll say that, you know, she she struggled a little bit, but she's still a very, very, very uh, experienced fighter too. This is a close fight, I would say. Uh, but, I mean, look at this record the UFC ran in. 6-10-1, that is just, it's not good. She's someone that you want to bet against. I, I, I like the girl. I mean, she's Canadian, obviously, and I've known her forever. But, you know, I, I, I would imagine Souza will be slightly favored in this fight. I think that Randa at this point, I, I don't really see too many people having confidence to bet money on her. This fight's been rebooked. Miles Johns, Anderson, and Santos. That was supposed to happen, I want to say, last week. I think DeSantos or someone in his team got COVID, so they were able to book it two weeks later. It does suck that it, uh, it fell through at the, the last second a couple weeks ago. You have to cut weight again now, right? Um, Dave Chavez, Kai Kamaka, three. So I don't know 100% sure if this fight is confirmed. I'm pretty sure it is, though, for next week because I know that Kai did an interview with John. And uh, it's an interesting fight. I mean, Kai, I thought he won that last fight against TJ Brown. 
Uh, I think a lot of us did. And ironically, Danny Chavez does have a win over TJ Brown in the UFC. So it's almost like the UFC probably did. They're almost saying to Kai, we thought you won the fight too. You're both going to fight a guy who you have a common win over. So interesting fight. But I mean, you know, Chavez, is, he did not look great against uh, Jared Gordon in that last fight. And Kai is a really underrated wrestler too. So I think it's going to be a good fight. Even with the short notice, I think Kai probably be favored just because, I, you know, he's a little bit younger, a little bit more upside. And Dan Chavez, he's actually older than me. He's a year older than me. So 30, 34 years old um, against a guy who's only 26. I would imagine the young guy would be the um, the favorite in this fight. Uh, Travis Jones, Ryan Lawrence, that's next week too. No odds for this one. Both these guys are getting short notice opponents because uh, both guys had opponents fall out. You know, I love both these guys. I'm really high on both these guys. I would imagine Lawrence will be favored a little bit just because, again, the grappling. But Trevor Jones is a beast, and he's got crazy knockout power. Don't underestimate this guy, seriously. He's not a, he's not a scrub. He's a very good fighter. And Megomed and Kalaya versus Vulcan Uzmir. I think this was announced like a little while ago, but it did, like Marcel didn't get it up on his page until recently. It's a good fight. I mean, listen, uh, Ankalaya is, is a guy that I think a lot of us think could be a champion at 205. Um, he needs to step up, and Volkan's a top 10 guy, perennial top 10 guy. This is a great fight. I like the matchup a lot. It's a good one. Let me get some more comments, guys, from you guys. Uh, Andre says, when's Bryce Mitchell coming back? I want to say it was later this year. I know James Lynch just interviewed him, so if you want to check James's channel, I think he's got an interview with Bryce. I wasn't able to, to catch that one, but if you want to check that out, I would do that. Um, I think he said later this year, though. Uh, what's next for Tom Breeze? I mean, he's obviously done with the UFC now. Is Bama still around or something like that? Like, I don't know. And Bellator Europe's done, I think. He could sign with Bellator if they do do shows in England and stuff, but I don't know if they're going to. And it's just like, it's hard to trust this guy because he's pulled out of so many fights now, guys. Like, if you're an opponent, why would you why would you sign a contract to fight Tom Breeze? I wouldn't. Would you? Would you Would you really want to fight against a guy who's pulled out of more fights than he's fought? I wouldn't do it. So they they probably couldn't find one if they would fight him. They, no one wants to fight this guy, not because they're scared of Tom Breeze, but because he doesn't make it to the octagon half the time. You train like look at Antonio Royal trained for three months, cut weight, was about to walk to the cage when the guy says ten minutes for a fight. I don't want to fight anymore. It's just it's bizarre. That's sad about Breeze. Fortunately, we don't get uh, more stories like that. It's a wild sport. Dude, the sport's crazy, and there's a lot going on with these guys. And again, you know, I'm not trying to like rip on uh, on Tom Breeze because I don't know what's going on with him mentally and within his head. But it's clear that the guy does have some anxiety issues, and I think for a professional MMA fighter, that's a big issue. You know, I, I don't know if you can really succeeding your career and i'm not sure what steps he's taken to to deal with that anxiety you know what i mean like these panic attacks and stuff like it's very bizarre i know that i think stefan struve also dealt with that issue back in her his early career and his career didn't pan out either so yeah i mean like i'm not again not trying to slag on tom breeze but it's like i, I just feel bad for the opponents that keep losing fights because of this guy it's that's not cool border game what's up man it says weird that barber's fighting already grasso doesn't have a fight book i agree it's some there's some bizarre things like that that happen sometimes like uh even like, I'm not, not that it's one week's difference, but like, for instance, last week, no fought, and then this week, Shaysan's fighting, you know she won. Like, you would think they'd be the other way around or something, you know what I mean? The winner would fight a little first, but you're right. I do think it's a little weird. Maybe Grasso's banged up. I don't know, but she definitely uh, looked good in that fight with Barber. Um, again, AJ's not here today, guys, but you know I've been giving out a dog of the week, and I've been doing that for a little while now, especially on Thursdays. Now, I'm, I think you guys were on the chat on Tuesday, so you know I'm kind of leaving this fight, and, and sorry, on this card, I should say. Um, I, you know, I think it's, I, it looks like mostly a chalky card, but I definitely think a few dogs are going to pull off the upset. It's just hard to know who, but you know, one guy I do think that has a chance as an underdog is Imavov. And I talked about Marcel, I was really on the fence, but I went, I was watching tape again today on both these guys. And 
I just think there's a lot more upside with Yumovov because he is so much younger. He's seven years younger. And Heinish is he just looked so bad against Kelvin Gastelum. Like I really question where he's at right now. The guy, he looked good against Gerald Mirshar with that knockout. It was a nice punch, great punch. But you know, I think that Imovov matches up decently well. He's a guy that's very hard to finish, a guy that's hard to take down, a guy that has good cardio too, if not just as good, if not better than Heinish, who's known for his cardio. So not sure what you guys are thinking on that fight, but I think of all the dogs in this card, this is one that I am looking at here. Um, Nazarene Imovov. Having said that, I found him against Phil Haas. I think it was a I think he was a dog too, and he came up short in that fight. Really, it was a really close fight. He came up short. So don't want to get burned by this guy again, but I'll give him another chance, I think, guys. You know, I think he could do it. So I would say the younger guy in this fight probably has more upside. I'm really curious to see what you guys think. But in general, I'm looking at this card, and it's like there's a lot of chalk guys that I think mostly wins on this card. But when when is there ever a card that we've seen where there's not a few upsets, right? So someone's going to win that we're not expecting. I don't know who it's going to be, honestly. What's your lead for Vulcan Ortega? What a great question, Andre. Honestly, I've been watching tough. I didn't catch last night's episode. I'll watch it. Uh, maybe I'll watch it tonight or something. I was going to talk about AJ, but he wasn't able to come on today. So we'll, we'll just we'll recap that next week. Um, I'm going to see if there's odds for that. I think there are odds. Volkanov, yeah, there's odds. Right now, Alexander Volkanovsky minus 185, Brian Ortega plus 160. I think that's probably accurate, right? I mean, he should be about two to one in this fight. Volk, um, he's a champion. He's coming off back-to-back wins over Max Holloway. I didn't think he beat Max in the last fight. I don't think a lot of us did, but definitely beat him the first time. And the guy's on what, like, uh, really, I think 17, 18 fight win streak. I mean, that is insane. So don't get me wrong. I mean, Brian Taylor looked amazing as Kareem Zombie. It's just so hard to say, like, especially after Kareem Zombie looked good against Dan Yige, right? Like maybe Brian really did get that good in the two years he took off. Cause that's what he says. He's like, I just trained the whole time and I was doing it in stealth mode, just doing it quietly, which is cool. So he looked great in the striking. I think he's definitely got a chance, but Volkanovski is the clear favorite. You could argue even if I've got cheated by the constant fence grabs by Hawes. I, I thought so too. I mean, I'm not going to see him cry with spilled milk. I, I thought that fight was super close that, that night. I was a little bit upset. But, I mean, I, I don't think Hawes was winning the fight was a bad decision by any means. Just that Imovov definitely, you know, I think based on that, I mean, Hawes had a problem taking him down. By the way, uh, I want to say Hawes is training with um, Heinrich now at Sanford. I think they're both there at Sanford, right? So that is that is something to keep in mind, too. Hawes already beat this guy, so he might be, like, telling Ian, this is how you beat him. You push him against the fence. And you hope that you do a little bit more at the offense. I just think that Hawes is a lot stronger of a wrestler and is able to do that. And we saw Hawes in the last fight with uh, Kyle Dawkins, the way he was able to ground him out and beat the crap out of him. So, yeah, I don't know, guys. I mean, I think that, you know, the UFC, we were talking about Marcel. Because Imovov is getting a ranked guy, it's almost like the, the UFC is saying, we thought he won the fight. Because it was, a, it was a close fight, no doubt about it, against Hawes, I'm saying. I agree with you, you know, Highness. Bad for business right now. He just hasn't looked good. He could win this fight, but I think the upside's on the dog. I really do. Ortega, the fought zombie, was a real threat to win. I like him at plus 160. Dude, that guy looked amazing in that fight. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but it's still like I was at the fight with Max Holloway in Toronto where he just got destroyed on the feet. And again, you know, after, I know I mean, math doesn't work, but I, I do think Volkanovski is a very good striker, a very underrated striker, a guy who was able to outstrike Max Holloway at least once, arguably twice, not for me, but maybe for some judges. So I, I would lean towards Volk, but again, you know, I think Ortega looked great. So I, th- I think you're right, man. He's definitely, uh, he's definitely, a, it's he's a live dog. I'll say that. I'm not going to write off Brian Ortega. He is a live dog in this fight. I have to do a little bit more research onto um, his improvements and stuff. But again, you know, Volk and Hansi is just so good. And when was the last time he lost? It's been a while, right? The guy's phenomenal. He's very, very difficult to beat. 
Let's have a few more questions. I'll take them, and then I'm going to get out of here. Get out of here a little bit earlier today. Um, if you guys have any more questions, throw them in here. Though, uh, I'm just trying to think what else um, for this card. Yeah, again, like Tuesday. You guys were in the podcast. You, you know who I, I'm leaning towards. Um, but it's. I'm just looking at this card, and it's like there. My spidey senses are tingling a little bit because I do feel like there's going to be a couple upsets here, guys, that we don't see coming, and I just don't know who's going to be. You know, Max Kellerman's comparing Islam to Kobe. That is uh, interesting. I don't think think about Max Kellerman. I think the guy is definitely you know he's a big name in, in sports. When I when I watch boxing and I see him doing the commenting, the guy's clearly very knowledgeable of boxing. I do question the MMA knowledge though, guys. I don't know if he's the most knowledgeable guy, but you know he's a big name in in sports. He has like a couple million followers. Everyone knows who Max Kellerman is. So if you're ESPN, I get why you'd put him on the broadcast, but I still think they need to have more MMA centric people. You know what I mean? Not saying me, but just someone that knows the sport really really well. You know. Technically, the Ortega that fought Max isn't the same person. Footwork, punching, mechanics, defense, so much better. I agree. And actually, and I was talking about this with uh, with uh, AJ like a few weeks ago. We were talking about the tough, and there was that one scene. I can't. I think it was the first or second episode. And Brian was teaching one of the guys how to strike, and he's showing like the pivoting of the feet and stuff. And I'm watching. I'm like, this guy actually gets the striking now. And as someone who, you know, I, 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 I'm a guy who, I'm not saying I'm obviously even close to the striking caliber these guys have, but I did train Muay Thai and I love striking. I love technique and striking. And uh, I think that was super cool. So I, I'm with you on that one. ESPN needs to sign you, Adam. Yeah, we'll see. I'm happy. I'm really happy doing the MMA OB podcast, guys. So it's all good. But it'd be cool working for ESPN too. Do you think Mirsad Bekic underachieved during his MMA career? It's a great question. Such a highly talented prospect. Now, so here's the thing. So I think Mursad is good. I was never completely sold on him like a lot of people. Like my boy, Patrick Wyman, who I, like, I have respect a lot. He doesn't cover him anymore, but he's, uh, he's got this podcast. Like I think it's called Tides of History. He's killing it, man. He just released a book. Just wanted to give that guy a shout out. Um, but he was so high on Mursad years ago. He kept telling me, like, this guy's going to be a champ. And I just wasn't completely sold on it. And you saw the durability as, as a huge issue with this guy against Elkins, against Emmett. Um, in the last fight against Jackson gets choked out too. I mean, the guy, he started off his career 11-0 and and then he finished off with a 2-4 and four record. So really struggled into his career, man. I don't know what happened at Mirsad. I think the wake up got to him a little bit. He's only 30 years old. He's actually younger than me. He's three years younger, which is nuts. So, I mean, the guy's not old by any means, but, you know, he says, I think he's going to do, I want to say he's doing coaching and nutrition or something for these guys. So he'll still be in the game, but he doesn't want to fight anymore. You know what? Again, it's this is a young man's sport and, 30 might not seem old, but he's been fighting since he was, uh, since 2009, since he was 18 years old. So, you know, when you start doing something 18 and you, and you finish at 30, that is 12 years. And especially if it's fighting, that's a long time. So it might not seem like, it, especially if you see a guy like, for instance, Fedor has been fighting for what, 30 years now he's fighting again this year, or Linux, someone like that. But, you know, not everyone could do that. So I, I think Bektich probably made a good move, hanging up his gloves. Um, overall, I think his career was okay. But, you know, his best win. It's Ricardo Lamas, and it was a decent win, but it's not like it's anything really to write home about. So I think overall the guy didn't have the greatest career that we expected him to. Get these comments. Volkanovski got dropped twice by Max. Is durability something to watch for? Yeah, I got to watch those fights again, the second one again. But I remember that was – I thought he lost. I'm not saying Ortega should be fair. Plus 160 is nice for a fight. It feels close to 50-50. Absolutely. I mean, what's, what's that saying? He's like 40% winner or something? So – you're right. I mean, if, if you if you're capping it at 50-50, you're getting a 10% margin there. I mean, there's there's value there for you then, Morgan. You're right. You know how to do it. Morgan's saying, who's next? One fire fire move up, make a run to the top five. Poirier Hooker and all very saying, uh oh, you're saying for a featherweight to move up. Okay. 
Good question. Great question, actually. I'm just going to take a look at the rankings really quick. All right, so Volk's not moving up. I think didn't I think Chan Sung Jung did say something about potentially fighting 155. I think he did. So that would be interesting. Just because I feel like he's so far behind these other guys at this point. You know, he's behind Ortega, he's behind Max, he's behind Garrier, probably. Looking at the other guys, I mean Barbosa's already fought there. I don't know. I can't wait for that Barbosa Chikatsi fight, by the way. Calvin Cater maybe could use a, a change in weight classes, guys, because again, he got absolutely destroyed in his last fight. And you're thinking, oh, why would he move up and wait so he can get destroyed again? But I mean, the guy took a lot of damage. If he wants to restart his career, maybe that would be the move. So I'm not really sure. It's a great question. Um, I just don't know who it would be, Daniel. It's a great question, though. I'm sorry, board again. It was your question. Fizia is going to destroy Bobby Green. I saw that fight, too. I respect the Bobby for taking the fight. It's a bad matchup for him. I'm sure you guys addressed it. Hey, Marcus, what's up? He says, I'm sure you addressed it. Uh, how much influence do you think Ali had on Islam jumping up so far in the rankings or being a fighter rank lower? I've never seen this jumping rankings ever. I don't agree with it. I talked about the beginning of the podcast, Marcus. I don't agree with it. And I'm not saying that he's not a top five uh, talented guy. He is. He's definitely a top five talented guy. But I think that ranking should be based on what you've done in the cage. I don't think it should be based on what you can do. Because if that's the case, then we can be all be biased and be like, oh, there's a, a prospect I really like. He's going to be champ when they put him up the top. I get it. He's won eight straight fights. I understand that. That's a great win streak. But again, he didn't beat any in the top 10. So I don't understand how he moves up from number nine to number four or number five now, I guess. Um, He's in the top five, number five. I don't understand how he jumped up four spots. I gotta be honest. I don't agree with him jumping past Ferguson, RDA. Um, I mean, Connor's dropped to nine. Connor barely has any wins, just out of the Alvarez. I don't really, I, I don't think it's an issue with Connor. Fine. Hooker's number eight. I mean, even Dan Hooker, I mean, is Islam ever beat anyone as good as Dan Hooker? I don't know. I, I like Islam. I don't wanna say he's overrated because I really don't think he is. Um, I think he's overranked though right now. I will say that. I think he's ranked too high. Not because he, he's not a top five guy, because I think he could be, but I think it really should be based on wins and losses and stuff and what you've did in, in the sport. And when I see Islam jump past RDA, it makes me really scratch my head. I don't agree with that at all. Dude, I wonder if Max was up again. Wake up seems awful. The guy <laughs> loses his voice. There was that fight. Who's supposed to fight Khabib? Remember, we're supposed to see Max Hollywood versus Khabib. Do you remember that, guys? That was supposed to happen three years ago on the Connor or uh, the car where Connor threw the, the dolly in the bus. It was like, Ally Quinton Khabib, I want to say. Yeah, that was the main event. So that fight was supposed to happen that night. It didn't happen. Uh, Max at 150 might be interesting, but he looked terrible against Dustin, though, too, right? And then Dana White was like, go back to 145. Because I remember I was at, after he beat uh, Ortega in Toronto, I was at that press conference, and Dana was like, I was like, what's next for this guy? And Dana was like, I want him to go 155. Dana was the one saying I wanted to go up. I didn't agree with it. Or again, don't mind Islam being a for being active. That's fair, too. I mean, the guy, he did fight twice this year, so I, I understand that, and RDA didn't. Um, so I, I, I know what you're saying, but I still, I still am having a hard time buying this one. I got to be honest. Not again, not because I don't think Islam's great. I think he's really good. But RDA is a former champ. He's coming off a win over Paul Felder, who's a top ten guy before he retired. Islam's coming off a win over Tego Moises, who's number fifteen. Uh, he beat number fourteen Armin Tsuki and beat unranked Jude Dober. How does that get you to number five? I don't agree with it. Islam was put in the top five to get matchups done easier to replace Khabib. Yeah, that's true too. And I also agree that, you know, with Marcus, I think Ali probably does have some influence. Um, almost with like, it's not really necessary with the rankings, but mostly with the panelists. Like people don't want to lose their their uh, their interviews, I think, some of these guys. So maybe they, they're ranking Ali's guys higher because they think, hey, if we, you know, get these guys in, in Ali's pocket, maybe these rankers really do believe that he's number four in the world or five in the world, I should say. I, I Again, I don't think he's necessarily not a top five guy. But I want to see him prove it. I want to see him go in there and beat someone in the top 10. He goes and beats a guy like, like uh, I thought he needed to beat RDA to get to the top five. That's why I'm a little upset right now because 
he doesn't want to fight RDA now because he's like, why should I fight you? Like you're below me. So he's, he only wants to fight probably Darius to Chandler. You might see this guy sit out for a while, not waiting for a big fight. What the hell's going on with the call? It cost you guys. Seems like a bit delusional. I think he wants to fight Vittori. I think that's the fight. You guys give me a few more questions. I'll get out of here though earlier today. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at mmadamartinpodcasts on mmadamartinpodcasts.com. It's on our YouTube channel. It's on Spotify, iTunes, all those places, guys. Follow me at mmadamartinpodcasts.com. I got some uh, some articles up there right now. bjpen.com, all the news. MiamiNews.com, more news there. Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Bank. Tomorrow I got the podcast with Duke at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll break down that slate. And I'll have my article out tomorrow. I'll have my bets out tomorrow. Great week last week. Big big year so far for me. So I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, or tomorrow, I should say. I'm looking for Saturday. Uh, next week, though, I will say I'm not sure it's going to go on because the thing is, my 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 fiance is due uh, this weekend, so I, I might have to take next week off. But we really don't know what's happening, so I'll let you guys know. I'll, I'll definitely tweet about it, but I probably won't be working too much next week if that if that happens. So just want to mention that. I've got these last questions to get out of here. Better midway process prospect Duplessis or Muniz? What a great question, Born. Again, I think they're both really good. I mean, the thing about uh, Muniz is 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 it's grappling's phenomenal, right? But Duplessis looked really well-rounded to me, man. That last fight, his grappling looked good and his striking looked good. He's got crazy power. Duplessis only has a punch. And he was dominating that dude, uh, Giles, on the ground, too, in that fight with side control in the first round, right? So I think he's good. But, you know, he, he was getting a little bit tired before he got the knockout, too. Congrats. Thanks, man. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's my first daughter. I can't wait to uh, to meet her, dude. Just a couple of days from now. It's crazy, guys. I'm so anxious. You have no idea. It's crazy. Thoughts on Kiesa Luke? I'm over Kiesa that fight. It's a good fight. I got to look at Luke's takedown defense again. I think it's pretty strong, but it, he can be taken down. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here today. I appreciate all the questions. Thanks so much, guys. I should be back Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, but again, I'll let you guys know if, if I don't. And I'll take this last card from Marcus. Who do you have favor uh, winning Gallagher's next fight in Belgium against Patchy Mix? Patchy Mix. Definitely Patchy Mix. The guy's so good, so underrated. James Gallagher, I'm not completely sold on this guy. Seems a little bit overrated to me. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Enjoy the fight this weekend. And again, I'll try to be back Monday, but I'll let you guys know either way. Have a great weekend, guys. Peace.